Hey, Joe. Yeah. He, uh, he, the writers on that show not qualified. I've been watching that show recently. And to be honest with you, I think the writers are getting really lazy. Yeah, they, they always use the same tropes. They reuse the same tropes over and over, like how they never have consistent quality. Yeah, it's like, like their audio is always messed their up. Their audio is all over the place, or um, sometimes they're on video, sometimes they're not. Yeah, and, and some, they're sometimes they don't sync. even. Yeah, yeah, sometimes they don't even talk about the topic they're supposed to talk about. Yeah. Gosh, I hate those guys. I'm sorry. Hey everybody, welcome back to Not Qualified. Um, if you haven't done this yet, and I hope you have, um, if you're smart, um, you will have already called 918-268-6337 and left us a voicemail um, for us to talk about something on the show. Maybe you want to just leave a comment or um, maybe a movie you want us to review. Um, but for those of you that are cool, you will have already done that. Um, so uh, if you haven't, do that now. And... Uh, also, um, Joe, I have a question. Yeah, what's your question? My question is, when, when you and me are walking side by side, like we're walking down a sidewalk, and one of us has something to say to the other, ever in our lives, has one of us, has one of us ever stopped and gotten in front of the other person and turned around to face them and stopped walking? Never. Never. But it happens in every movie. Every rom-coms especially. Especially rom-coms. They'll be walking next to each other, and then one of them takes it like whirls around in front of them and they stop on the sidewalk. TV shows. TV yeah. shows are really bad. Yeah. Uh, that's just yeah. a segue into our topic. What's her topic? Uh, today we're talking about TV tropes. Yeah. So not just, the website, not the actual TV tropes. Things, things that are overused. Yes. Yeah, so our favorite, our least favorite. Yeah. Favorites, uh, least favorites. Um, and the reason we are doing this episode is because there was something that I was thinking about the other day on a drive that I think is hilarious. It is by far my favorite movie trope ever. And it is uh, <laughs> um, in movies and TV shows. Uh, anytime that something takes place in a small town, uh, there's this trope. And it's the reason it's so funny is because it's accurate. It's, it's really true. Small towns will have a very oddly specific thing that they're super proud of mm -hmm. or that they're known for, and that becomes their identity. And it's it's like cringy, like, oh, this town thinks this is important. It's their one claim to fame. And it's just funny because it's true, especially yeah. where we live in Oklahoma. Yeah. And these small, these small dumb towns, towns that each have yeah. one claim to fame. So, um, like, for example, in, in examples of that would be Waiting for Guffman when the town, uh, the which president was it that came through? And put his feet on a footstool, and now they make footstools, yeah, or whatever. <laughs> like that, like they yeah. have these weird specific claims to fame. Or like in uh, Pawnee, Indiana, in Parks and Rec, they all love little Sebastian, the horse, and it's like their one thing, you know. Yeah. And everyone there is cringy, obsessed with it, and no one outside it understands. Yeah, um, I think that is one of the funniest movie tropes ever because it's true. Uh, the town you and me live in, Tahlequah has wrapped its identity up in the book where the red fern grows because, yeah. um, because that book takes place in our town. We have a statue of the main character in the middle of town. We have a festival every year, red fern festival. And, um, it's normal to us, but it's probably really cringy to an outsider thinking, wow, they, they have that one claim to fame. They have that in Carrie Underwood. And, uh, and that's the, our identity. Um, 
But that's an example of of a trope that I actually love because it's true. Yeah. Do you do you have any tropes? <laughs> um, tropes I like, like or dislike, um, either one. I do not like montages. Okay. Like at all? Like any? Like, I mean, yeah. If you go back and like, oh, like Rocky. Rocky's fine. Yeah. But it's a trope, so it gets overused. Right. So anytime but, somebody's like, we got to prepare for something. And then there's a montage. And then there's a music, and it's them like. <laughs> so <laughs> how do you feel about tropes that are overused now, but like like weren't they? Like uh, people call it, what is it, the Seinfeld effect? Yeah. Where um, people think Seinfeld Se- is cliche. Seinfeld is cliche. That's what it is. Where people think Seinfeld is cliche because it set the standard. Like everything else since then has copied Seinfeld, and it makes Seinfeld retroactively seem cliche. But it wasn't at the time. Same thing with Rocky. Yeah. It was the – it's. Every sports movie follows the Rocky formula now, but they, yeah. Rocky was the first one, obviously. So, uh, like, so like when you go back and watch Rocky, do you still hate montages, or is it okay then? I mean, yeah, I get over it because it's a good movie. Yeah, but, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> kind of <laughs> just seeing it in all of cinema for the yeah. last fifty years has really put. It I'm trying to think of mouth. montages I like, and the only ones I can think of are in Rocky, the Rocky movies. <laughs> Like I think of the Rocky Four training montage, the one where yeah. Rocky's in the mountains, like training with tires and planks of wood, and then Ivan Drago is in like a like a spaceship, and like being yeah. tested upon and <laughs> chemicals injected into him, and it's just showing them simultaneously training while Survivor plays. Um, um, yeah. an- another trope I don't like because I, it's always something I see coming, and not that it's bad. I'm just. I want something a little more creative sometimes. And it's the act three character fallout. Oh yeah. Well, that's a, that there you go. That's a Pixar trope, especially yeah. at the beginning of act three of every Pixar movie end of act two, beginning of act three, the, the main characters will have a falling out. Yeah. Uh, in toy story, wooden buzzy, two thirds of the wooden buzzy. What Woody and buzz. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know what? Never mind. I like wooden buzzy. They have a falling out in Toy Story two thirds of the way through. You know, they yeah. they have the whole thing where Woody, try, what does he try to do? Push him out the window or something? Or? Something like that. Yeah. He shoves remember. him out the window and yeah. tries to kill him. Um, and then in uh, in Up, obviously, the, you know, Russell and uh, what's his name? What's Carl? Name? Carl, yeah. Um, they have their whole little thing. And then uh, um, Dory separates from. Freaking, what's his name? Nemo? No, Nemo's the oh, kid. Uh, Marlin. Marlin. Marlin, the Marlin and Dory so separate, you know, two thirds through. And yeah. then uh, Soul has the, um, he sends her back, 22 back to this. With, uh, yeah. And then uh, what was the one other one I was thinking of? A Pixar movie where that happens. Oh, Monsters, Inc. Mike and Sully when they're in the uh, the mountains in the snow. Monsters, Inc. Ratatouille. They do Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Yeah, it, every Pixar movie has yeah. the same formula. And it works. Um, but yes, and it's not just that trope is not just specific to Pixar. That's everywhere. Yeah. The act three falling out. Your turn. Oh, okay. Um, one, that <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of one that, uh, that I don't like. I'll tell you why. I think for me with rom-coms, I like a lot of rom-coms and I even like rom-coms that are formulaic, that, that are pretty by the book, even a lot of them. Yeah. Um, even rom-coms most of them suffer from act three character yes they do and and then they have the last minute resolution Mm -hmm. and my favorite rom-coms i was thinking about this the other day are the ones that break the mold which that's just in general a good rule of thumb um if you don't want to be cliche don't use cliches yeah um but uh like uh, like 
I was thinking of 500 Days of Summer. Mm-hmm. They have the character fallout, the Act 3 fallout. And what you expect is the last-minute resolution. And what happens instead, spoiler alert, is they just stay broken up. Yeah. And it's not – that's a little different because the, the story is told non-linearly. So it's not really – you know what I mean? It's not – you can't quite put it at the beginning of Act 3 like you yeah. But it twists that on its head and you, he ends up with somebody else. Yeah. But they, yeah. Do it, they do it in La La Land. Yeah, they, they also and flip I, it on its head. I, I really love it. Like that. Yeah. I, I love it. Yep. Here's a trope I don't we like. We should have looked up a list beforehand. <laughs> While we're waiting on this, a trope I don't like is whenever a uh, in a movie, whenever there's a scientist character, is whenever the scientist character is trying to help out the group or the crew or whatever, um, and they're like, well, we found a solution, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It was kind of hard, but we had to blah, 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 science jargon. Yes. And they're like <laughs> – well, you could put it into normal people oh terms. Oh my gosh! Like, I, oh my gosh! <laughs> I know. The worst. Yeah, it's seriously, so do, bad. Do you know what? There's one that we haven't mentioned yet. Really? That both of us hate, and we make fun of it in every movie that it shows up in. Okay, what is it? It's specific to sci-fi movies. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. And it's yeah. when a character, the science, the science smart character, has to explain wormholes. Or time travel and or time travel, either yeah. one, to another character. And you know what they do? <laughs> they try to explain it in science jargon and the other character goes, but duh, I don't understand. I'm supposed to represent the audience. And he goes, give me a piece of paper and a pen. And then they take the piece of paper and the pen. He puts two dots on the piece of paper. He says, here's where we are and here's where we need to get. And here's what this wormhole does, right? And he folds the paper in half so the dots are touching and sticks his pencil right through it and everybody goes whoa mine's blown that i we make fun of that every time it shows up because it's in like it's i think it's in multiple christopher nolan movies yeah. <laughs> and, and it's in event horizon and it's in it's just like the it's in, it's it's in stranger things yeah I it's think. in stranger things yeah it's just obnoxious yeah um and then let's see genre tropes okay um what genre do we want action adventure um comedy uh Drama, fairy tale. Do drama. I'm drama interested tropes. to see okay. what's going to happen. So, uh, abusive parents. Uh, is there a way to sort by most popular? Because this is alphabetical. What is milking the giant cow? <laughs> oh, <laughs> milking the giant cow is a term that refers to the practice of holding your hand skyward uh, to show emotion. So, oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's really funny. That is pretty funny. <laughs> Milking the Milking giant, the giant cow. cow. That is funny. Um, oh, I'll tell you one that I hate. Um, I don't know why I hate it, uh, but I do. And I hate – it happens in horror movies a lot um, or disaster movies. Yeah. I hate when movies show fake news footage. Yeah. When it cuts to like breaking news and it's a very clearly – like I don't know why, but for some reason movies – can't mimic the way news footage looks. No. It looks terrible. It's like it looks, you can, it looks it like looks, a YouTuber green screen. Yeah. And a regular news footage already looks bad. It just doesn't look right. Like why can't you make it look right? Or it just that, doesn't. Or they turn on the TV. They turn on the TV and just goes to exposition. And that's why I hate it. It's because it's lazy. It's like a good example of this is Bird Box versus A Quiet Place. Yeah. Bird Box was an okay movie. Quiet Place was an actually a really good movie. Yeah. Um, and in Quiet Place – 
they don't give you any clunky exposition. There's no dialogue in that movie, but they, they don't give you clunky exposition to explain like, here's where the monsters came from. Yeah. It's just like pinned up on the walls in the background. There's yeah. scrawlings on pieces of paper that kind of tell you, okay, these, yeah. they came from inside the earth. They are attracted to noise. They're blind, blah, 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 yeah. that kind of stuff. Whereas in bird box, the characters just turn on the news and watch the coverage of what's happening. Yeah. And like, that's lazy. It's super. You're lazy. just telling the audience what's happening. And it, I, I just don't like it. I don't like no, when there's I, news footage. I really appreciate whenever the director or the writer understands that the audience isn't stupid, at least most of the time. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of stupid people that watch movies. You ever look up a bad movie on Google and then the Google user review is like 90%? Yeah. You're like, how? How does it have that high people percent? have dumb monkey brain. Because dumb monkey Including brain. Including us. We do have dumb monkey brain. That's true. Um, Not literally. Ooh, uh-uh. Um, because uh, well, I do like bananas. Um proof enough another trope is whenever uh the the aaron sorkin trope of smart character versus dumb character yeah um that's always a fun one whenever the the it happens a lot in teen movies like high school movies where our main character who gets picked on who is misunderstood um some he says something really smart in class and then all the characters throw their pencils at him yeah you know like oh my gosh what a nerd what he a answered nerd. the teacher's question and then the teacher like laughs along with the students yeah. instead of being or they're like stop it you guys but they're like yeah and like and that brings me into my least favorite genre of tropes high school tropes yeah because they are so unrealistic like, I'm sorry if anyone out there has ever had their head stuffed in a toilet and put in a locker, but you are the exception to the rule, okay? <laughs> that doesn't happen anymore. But for some reason, in high, in high school movies, bullies are depicted as sadistic. Like cruel human beings. Yeah, and, well, and kids are cruel. Yeah, yeah. But, in like, for example, in Stranger Things, a kid pulls a knife on another kid. Right? Is it that's what I'm is that, am I thinking of Stranger Things season one? <sighs> where remember. they're in the – I remember they get bullied in that. But they, like, get yeah. severely beaten – for no reason. And then there's, but, uh, oh, no, no, no. I'm thinking of it. It. It, where the yeah, kid they, pulls out a knife they, and carves his carve name into his a chest. I'm like, yeah. okay, that's not bullying at this point. It's yeah, a murder. Assault. It's attempted murder. Yeah, attempted that, murder. So, but it happens. Like, high school bullying in movies is so over the top. Yeah, I agree. And it was especially bad in, like, the mid-2000s. Yes, that was when it peaked. When it peaked, and I'm like... Oh, I'm a sassy high school girl, and then all the other girls like literally assault her. Like, yes. I'm like, why? Why? Yeah. When does this happen? It doesn't. I mean, it might. If you, if it maybe happened, my you, I'm maybe sorry. my sister actually happened, just had the worst time maybe. in high school, and I never heard about it. I mean, I think it probably happened in like the '60s. Yeah. But I don't know that it's you know maybe maybe up through the '80s a little bit. I don't even remember hearing about people that I know who grew up in those times. No. Deal with that kind of bullying. No. It just, I just, it's just over the top. Um, so. I like Spider-Man Homecoming because none of the actors look like they're older than high school age. Yeah. They all look like they're in well, high school. And it's also, I like how they flipped the whole bully thing on its head and had, had uh, Flash be a nerd. Yeah. Who's just like, he's like a nerd bully. Yeah. He's like, I'm smarter than you. Cause those kids exist too. Yeah. The annoying kids who brag that they're, they're smarter than everybody. Anyway. So I like when they're a little bit more clever with it uh, instead of just following the. I think that's one of the reasons I like those slice of life movies. Yeah. Like Whiplash. Like it's super realistic. I'm like, I'm not looking for somebody's screenwriting. I feel like I'm just looking at somebody's life. You're just watching somebody's life. life. Yeah. And it just happens to be movie worthy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know what my favorite trope is? Is when podcasts 
tell people to call a phone number and leave a voicemail. Yeah, how cliche. I know, especially when that phone number is 918-268-6337. I like, feel like I've heard that number so many times. Yeah, I have it memorized at this point. Yeah, it's, it's just, kind of ridiculous. It's cliche. And especially whenever podcasts like tell their viewers to rate them on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, like five stars. Yeah. Oh, give us a five-star review. Oh, we get it. Buy our <laughs> merch at ZFoster.com slash podcast. Yeah, I hear that all the time. It's yeah, so stupid. so dumb. <laughs> Thank you.